birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Our next hymn's 24, page 24. Oh, worship the King. praises, prayer requests, and announcements. Samaritan's First Christmas Project list is in the foyer. Uh, October the 23rd, uh, the ladies circle and the men's group uh, will meet for a short meeting after church. And I had to look at my watch to make sure that wasn't today. Uh, but that's fine. October the 30th, uh, everything for Samaritan Purse needs to be brought in, uh, and we'll have no trunk or treat this year. On the 6th, we will pack Christmas boxes with kids and have pizza after the church service. And November the 12th is our fall festival with chicken bog and other food and also gospel singing. So please invite people to join us from 12 to 2. Any other announcements? Okay. All right. So there. Sort of okay. All right. I see your hand, bud. What's up? What did he say? What What did he say? Oh, okay. Amen, bro. Out of the mouths of babes. <laughs> well, how about that? Well, I know. Amen. 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 Um, any other announcements? Yes, go ahead, Don. Okay. All right, November the 6th. Okay. Um, I won't be here, but that's fine. You can, we'll get it took care of. Um, I have a uh, wedding to go to, and um, so I'll be traveling on the 6th. So uh, I have a speaker lined up, and uh, you will enjoy it, I promise. Um, so um, November the 6th is going to be our Veterans Day um, Tribute, I'll put that. Any other announcements? Go ahead. Okay. Amen. Amen. Well, our prayers work. 
I, I will say that prayers work. We've seen the results of that over the years that I've been here. And uh, uh, yes, we, we will continue to pray for her. Um, any other praises, prayer requests? Unspoken. Unspoken, okay. 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 Any other? Greg grandson got here Thursday week ago. Amen. Cooper Calvin. Amen. Dave? Jerry, if we could uh, keep the Marsha Harmon family in prayers, Jean Harmon and her husband passed away this past week. All right. Any other? We have two from Sunday school. Miss um, Loss, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but she fell and broke her arm. Okay. So we pray for her. You broke your elbow? Yes. Oh, Lord. Well, Okay. Well, we will we will definitely be praying for you. Pray for our speedy recovery of that. And it's Diane Madison from Indiana. She had a heart attack. I'm clearly not wrong, but the doctors don't know what was the problem. But we just pray for the insight of the doctors. Okay. Okay. Any other? Any prayer? Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't see you, Miss Karen. It's, before you say anything, it is great to have Miss Karen back. She has been a long struggle from COVID and on, so we're glad to have you. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. Any others? If you see me hit the ground, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, that. If you can get here, <laughs> my fear is getting caught in the crossfire. No, I'm just picking. Uh But that this is, and you know, we're joking about this, but it's a serious thing. Uh, it's not something that that churches talk about publicly. It's not something that churches, a lot of churches, are even to discuss. Period. Uh, We've been going at this for a few years now, and so uh, just rest assured that uh, we're changing the culture here as far as this goes, slowly but surely, um, trying to lock all the entrances into the church while we're in service, um, trying to, when, the, when it's pretty weather and the ladies take the kids to the playground, that there's somebody on that security team going with them, we're getting there. And then, then once we get that part worked out, it, it's train the congregation. And so right now, the best thing you can do is lean over and get low as you can. Um, and let the, those that are designated to do their thing. Uh, hopefully, and, and, and God will bless us and we will never ever have that situation. But... In our, in our day and time today, it's best to be proactive rather than reactive. So, 
Uh, we've been quietly doing this. Uh, when you see the nominating committee, you'll see there's a security committee on there, and that's what they take care of. In fact, if you're on the nominating committee, I probably will be sending you a text message or an email or a voicemail this week uh, to get in touch with you because we're fastly approaching our time for uh, uh, nominating and we've got to get our budget set for next year, so that's where we're at. Please be in prayer that God will place you and use you. If you haven't signed up or haven't decided to serve in a capacity in the church, pray about that. Every one of us has a talent and every one of us uh, are to use that talent with each other in unity to make this congregation work effectively for the body of Christ. We are the body and we are this congregation here. So God has led you here for a purpose uh, and that purpose is to glorify him and to build up the body. So that's why we're here. Uh, any questions on that? Thank you, Patrick. Thank you for making that statement. And James, we, it, it, it's something that we probably should have said sooner. Or sooner, sooner uh, but uh, it probably the time was correct to say it today. Any others? I have a granddaughter that's going to jail. And I cannot tell you how foreign that is to me. Yeah. It's, it's hard to comprehend that children, teenagers, she's a teenager, uh, pray for her, but pray for us to understand what we Amen. can do to help her. Amen. Oh, there, is, there is nothing that I can tell you that is going to prepare you for that. Having been through that myself, uh, all you can do is pray for them and, and hopefully our prayers will cause them to wake up. Now, uh, I am standing in a position to where my two daughters are over 12 months sober. Uh, and it was a long time coming. And it was a struggle for them. But there's also a struggle for us, the family. You know, they, during their addictions, they feel like it's all them. And they don't realize the effects that it has on the rest of them, the rest of the people around them. And... We can't understand what they're going through. Even though it may have been done by choice, we, we can't understand that. Um, our minds don't work like an addict's mind. Whether that's an alcoholic, whether that's somebody that's addicted to whatever. Pornography, drugs, candy, food, whatever. Just having a good time. Well, that, that's, usually what, that's usually what leads them down that path. But... Number one, they're still alive. And with the stuff that's out there today, that's a blessing in and of itself. Number two, they're going to go to a place to where they're going to have no choice but to dry out. Number three, hopefully, while they're in there and once they get clear-minded, they'll be able to see the errors of their way. The more we talk to them about it, the more we drive them away from it because they think we're harping on it. And, and we're not. We're just trying to, you know, we just try, we want the best for them. No one wants to, nobody wants to see their children in jail or grandchildren. Nobody. You know, and that's why when you hear people, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on this for a little bit. When you hear people talk about, oh, that's just a drug addict. That's just a dopehead or that's just this or that. That is somebody's child. That is somebody's daughter or son. That is somebody's granddaughter or grandson. In some cases, that's somebody's mother or father. And so, what they forget. I seen a thing yesterday and didn't know why I seen it. I think I have one here. Hold on, this might be the best way to explain it. And this is not mine. Dr. Tony Evans did this. He took a $100 bill. See, that's a fresh, clean $100 bill. And he balled it up. And he cooked And he twisted it. And it tore a little bit. And he ripped it back up. See how ugly that $100 bill is? 
How much is that $100 bill worth? If it was crisp and brand new, how much would that $100 bill be worth? $100. There's not a person sitting in here who is crisp and brand new. There's not a person sitting in here who hasn't been through some mess and been wrinkled up, scarred up, and any of that. Not one of us. How much are we worth? We have the image of God on us. That person that's struggling with, uh, with, with addiction, that person that is out there in the streets because their families kicked them out or whatever, and those people that are still at home whose families are dealing with all this because you don't throw your kids away, they have the image of God on them. They were made in the image of God. These children that are running around that are strict and, and strat and doing everything they're supposed to do, they're not worth any more than that one that's out there that's a drug addict. They're not. They're not. Because none of us, none of us are without wrinkles and tears. None of us. We did a, we did a skit in Honduras. A good heart and, and an ugly heart. The good heart ran around. It was perfect. It was perfect, and every, the color was perfect, and there was no blemishes. It was, had pretty edges on it. Everything on that heart was perfect. And he bragged about it. I have, I'm the beautiful heart. I'm the most beautiful heart in the world. And then along come this ugly heart. It had patches out of it, and the edges were all ripped up and creeped. It had band-aids on it. And he said, I'm so much prettier than you. The good heart told the ugly heart. And the ugly heart said, yes, you are. Yes, you are prettier than me. Because you haven't been through anything yet. You haven't suffered anything yet. He said, but I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you I love you, your beautiful heart. And, and the pretty heart couldn't understand how this ugly heart could do that. And then the ugly heart tripped while he was bragging about himself and fell down. And got a rip in his heart. And the ugly heart took the band-aid off of his heart and put it on that pretty heart. That's what it takes hearts. God gave us a new heart. Our old ugly heart has been turned in to hearts that's got patches on it and band-aids on it so that we can take that heart and help somebody else's whose heart's cracked, whose heart's got pieces. Take a piece of your heart when you come along with somebody, aside somebody, and you lift them up. You tear a piece of your heart off. And it might not fit the whole perfect, but it'll fit part of that hole, or it'll cover up the whole hole. That's our job as Christians. Our job as Christians is to share ourselves because God died for us and them. It tells us in His Word that He died for the wicked, and we were all wicked. Some people still are. Some people are going through trials and they don't want to hear what we have to say. But that's not our problem. Our problem is to be the messenger. We can't save anybody. We can't convict anybody. We can't raise anybody. And we can't save anybody or bring them back alive. But the Holy Spirit can. And that's what our job is, is to introduce them to the Holy Spirit. The work of salvation is through the Holy Spirit. And prayer from us. And just like your granddaughter, she's going to go and do some time. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to pray for that child. We're going to pray for that child. The whole time she's there, we're going to pray for her every day. Every day. And we may pray for that youngin' for 20 years. And then we may not pray for that youngin' but for a few weeks. It's up to God and her heart and when she's ready to yield. So God's there. He's going to be working on her. And it's when her heart feels the need that she can't go any further. And that's what we're praying for. We're praying that she can't have rest. We're praying that she can't eat, that she can't sleep. We're praying that this child can't do anything until she makes a decision about Jesus Christ, whether to accept Him or reject Him. And once she does that, she will have some peace. Now we're praying that she will accept Him. But that's between her and the Holy Spirit. There's nothing we can do with that. But that's our job. Our job is to lift each other up. This is your church family. And, and we thank you for bringing this to us because we feel you, family. See, there's a lot of us that have walked that path. 
there's a lot of us that are walking that path. And there's a lot of us that are sitting back that have never been on that path. But all of us love each other. And so we're going to lift you two up. We're going to carry you through this because that's what churches do. That's what brothers and sisters in Christ do. That's what we do. We are here for each other. This is a family. This is the place where we should be able to come and lay our dirty laundry out here and not one soul make fun of it. Not one soul run around town and talk about it. We should be able to do that right here and all of us should be shedding tears and hugging on you and loving on you because we want the best for you. If it's hurting you, it's hurting us. That's what a church is about. I had a great big sermon, but I ain't getting there today. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. God has called us and put us here. If you're sitting here and you keep coming back to here, it's because God has a place for you here. You didn't just decide to come on your own. God did you here. By whatever reason. Hook, crook, family, whatever. But you're here. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to keep coming? Are you going to come sporadically? That's up to you. But the main thing is, is when you get here, worship with your whole heart. Worship with your whole mind and your whole body and your whole strength. You know where you're at with your walk with God. I don't. I can't see that. God has blessed us pastors with words, but we can't see the heart. Only He can. And so therefore, we treat everybody the same. Supposedly, we're supposed to. Every person is the same. Every person needs my attention. And I need to get it to you. That's what God's called me to do. We're here today because God called us to come together and worship. And sometimes during worship, we have to cry together. Sometimes during worship, we have to laugh together. Sometimes during worship, we get to praise God. Other times, we get to hit our knees and pray for one of our family members who's not doing well. These are our family members. Their granddaughter's not doing well. She's got some things that she's got to do for our society. Our job is to pray that she comes to Christ, that she will give up whatever sent her there, and that we'll put a hedge of protection around her so that while she's there, she can focus on him. On him. That's what we do. We have, every, every one of us has one person we need to pray to, to salvation. Every one of us. Just think what would happen if we collectively put a list together with that one person. And every one of us, every day when we did our devotions, prayed for that one person, that list of one person, salvation, and go down that list and see how long it takes for us to check them off. Because if this church decides to pray for those that need salvation like we pray for the sick, there's going to be a revival going on in our neighborhood. We proved that we're prayer warriors. We proved that when we pray people get healed. What better healing can you do than to save their lives and give them eternal life? Nothing any better than that. Yes, they may be getting healed from cancer. Yes, they may be getting healed from COVID or whatever they've got. But none of that is worth a hoot if they're going to hell. That's right. And that's what our job is about is pulling them out of hell. They're already headed there. All we got to do is stop, put up a board, say, no, don't go any farther until you hear them. And once they've heard it and they've had time for the Holy Spirit to work on them, if they want to move that board out of the way and go on, more power to them. They went there on their own and not ignorant. They heard the Word of God. That's what we're called to do. That is every church. Every church since Christ ascended to heaven and churches were established. That was the goal of every church. That's still the goal some time later, these 2,000 and some years later, is to save people from damnation. Pastors don't preach this much anymore. Because, oh, if you preach hell, you're going to scare them into salvation. Well, better scare them into salvation than loving them into damnation. <laughs> That's what we're called to do. That's what church is about. It's about preaching the gospel. It's about being the gospel. It's about loving each other. This community right here, I had, I had a great time yesterday talking to people about this church and football game. We had three hours that we had to wait for a football game. And so, of course, they come to me and we get to talking, and I was telling them, I said, you want to come to a church, a little old country church? I said, I don't care if you're Catholic. I don't care if you're Jewish. I don't care what you are. Come to our church. I said, you're going to hear the word of God. 
I said, when you come through the doors, you're going to get loved on. I said, no, I don't care if you come on Wednesday. I don't care if you come on Saturday when we have a function. And I don't care if you come on Sunday. Somebody's going to hug your neck when you come through that door. And how can you, and then one person said, well, how can you guarantee that? I said, because it's been going on for six and a half years. Probably going on before I got there, but I've been there six and a half years, and there ain't a day somebody don't get hugged on. So if you need loving, come to our church. Come to our church. And we will love on you. And we won't ask you five million questions about why are you here, what your problems are. We just want you to meet Jesus. And when you've met Jesus, we want you to stay in worship with Him. Be part of our family. You know, you don't, you don't hear me. You don't hear me. If you're looking for a church home, I don't need to ask that because they're here. They came here because God let them. They'll, get, they'll join when God tells them to join. They'll be part of this family when God tells them to be part of this family. It's not my job to, to harass people in the membership. Because I was harassed. And I made a, I'm not here, but in another place, but I made, a, I made a vow that if I ever was in that position that I would not harass people. The other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to ask visitors to stand up and be recognized. Having been there and done that, everybody in church turned around and looked at me. Here you are, you're just trying to fit in without being recognized. And I had to fight, I had to fight a guy. Not really physically fight, but we had a verbal fight for a long time over that. He said, I want to recognize visitors. And I said, no. He said, I think we need to have them stand up. I said, no. I think we need to call them out. I said, no. And every Sunday, he said, are you going to do this? And I would say, no. And then one day I told him, I said, look, they're already nervous about being here. Well, do you want to drive them away? His friend said, meet them at the church. Meet them at the church. Think about it. How would you like if your first trip into some place they make you stand up and say, hey, I'm new. They don't, you don't think they don't know that? Especially those that's been coming on a regular way. Yeah, they know who's new. The pastor definitely knows because he looks down through there and he knows who's here and who's not by the fuse. People are like habit. They're going to sit in a certain pew. Would you? I don't think you were there when Brent did the, when Brent made everybody stand up and change pews. Oh, Brent, yeah, he, he made everybody stand up. And they lined up. <laughs> and he gave them a number. And numbered the pews, and they had to go sit in the number. Preach this sermon. Next Sunday, everybody was back where he was supposed to sit. <laughs> so, to get us, he was just proving a point. You know, uh, <laughs> but that's what we get comfortable. We get comfortable where we're at. But we're here. We forget that we're here to worship God. We're here to worship God. We're here to bear each other's burden. Christ told us to take His yoke, it was light. And part of His yoke is for us to do what? Love each other as I have loved you. And they will know that you are mine by the way you love each other. That's what we're... That is, this, this, I went to school and got my degree. And it's I could have done the same thing without one. This book is simple. This book is simple. God, people, creation rebelled against Him. They sinned. We have a perfect God who can't bear sin. He can't get present of And He tried to redeem them. He put them and placed them like David was talking about this morning with the kids. He placed them in the beginning in a perfect place. Everything was perfect. It didn't rain. It wasn't hot. It wasn't cold. It was perfect. The animals and the people coexisted. It was perfect. And along come man and woman and messed it up. And you notice I said man and woman. They messed it up. And so this place has been dying ever since. The first death was God killed some animals to clothe Adam and Eve. He said He clothed them in skin. Some animals died. That's when death in Kicked them out of the garden. And that's where we've been going ever since. And none of us, all the blood in Israel, all the cows on this earth, 
couldn't redeem man back to God. He was telling the Israelis that something has to die. Sin has to be covered by blood. And then 2,020 some odd years ago, along comes Christ. He walks on this earth for 30 some years and they crucified him. He was perfect. Sin entered the world by one man. It was attributed to Adam. Sin was left this world and covered by one man, Jesus Christ. It had to be a perfect, a perfect sacrifice, otherwise it wouldn't work. No man could have been a sacrifice because we're imperfect. It had to be somebody who was outside of man. That's why Eve carried that veil. Not Eve, Mary, sorry. <laughs> That's why Mary carried the veil. The Father of Jesus was the Holy Spirit God. Well, they're the same. So God implanted Himself in that, and anyway, He, he was raised up. He hung on the cross for our sin. Free They buried Three days later, he rose from the grave. He walked around and appeared. No, I don't say walk around. He was around for about 40 some odd days. And he had the Holy Spirit come upon his disciples and a group of about 500. Now they seen it. They seen Christ alive. Even one of the disciples, you know, said, unless I see the holes in his hands and the, and the, and the hole on his side, I won't believe. And then when he seen it, he believed. And what did Jesus say? You believe because you've seen. Blessed are those who believe because they have seen. We're those that have seen. He ascended to heaven. And my sermon today was going to be John's fourth, four uh, verse gospel. But one of them is, is I have ascended Let's see here. Let me just read this verse so I'll make sure I get it right. I don't want to paraphrase this. We might have an offering at closing. <laughs> and if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. So when he was lifted up and left the earth, what's been happening ever since? Men have been drawn to Christ. Men have been drawn to Christ. People died because he did that, not because of a lie. They tried to kill him, the disciples, and get them to recount. And it says, In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. That, that's what it's about. He did this so that we have a place to go. So that we are covered in the blood of Christ. When God sees us, He sees Jesus Christ. He sees Jerry, but Jerry's washed white as snow because of what Jesus does. And that's the message that we need to say. And because my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and because I'm washed in the blood of the Lamb, and because Christ told me that once I'm in His hand, no one can take me out. My eternity is set. There's nothing can keep me when I draw my last breath from being in the presence of Jesus. Nothing. I can't even keep me from doing that. And those are the things that this dark world out there needs to hear. And the closer and the closer we get to Christ returning, the harder and harder it's going to be for people to get saved. Because their hearts are hardened. Because society changed. They had rather believe a lie of society than the truth. You've got people out there today. They'll tell you there is no ultimate truth. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. To show you how simple this is, the only way you can go to God is through God. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We've got to try in God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the Son tells you the only way to get God the Father is through the Son. So God's telling you 
The only way to me is through me. All roads do not lead to heaven. We do not worship the same God. The gods that most other religions worship are man-made. They're man-made. Confucius. Buddha. Zorchik. Muhammad. The god Allah that they worship is one of 600 and Allah just happens to be the moon god. He's not the god of creation. What kind of religion do you need 600 gods? What kind of religion tells you that you have to be ugly? That you have to be mean? That you, you can't witness? You have to force people into submission. There's two on the face of this earth that's in their charter to rule the world. Two. Uh, Islam and Catholicism in their charter is to rule the world. What do we want to do? We just want to save people. We don't care who's running what. We ought to in our country. We need to pray for our elected officials. We need to stand up and let our voice be heard because we've been the silent majority for too long. But it's our job to witness and care for each other. It's our job to love on each other. It's our job to help each other come through these struggles that we're facing. Now some of us are facing some financial troubles. Some of us are facing like, like y'all, children, grandchildren. Some of us are facing physical disability, physical issues. Some of us are facing some, some bouts with, with, with uh, anxiety and, and depression. All of those things can be healed through God. There are verses in the Bible you can read that will bring peace to you. That's why it's important. And that's why I preached last Wednesday, what I said last Wednesday and last Sunday, it's important that we read the Word of God every day. You are going to find fulfillment. You're going to find the answers to every problem that we're going to face on this earth is covered within this book. Either in the Old Testament or the New Testament. And you have folks out there that say, well, the Old Testament's irrelevant. We've got a New Testament. That whole book is dedicated to Jesus Christ. The Old Testament is pointing to Him the Old Testament, look at how many times God forgave Israel. What do you think that means for us? There's hope. Look at the people He used in the Bible. Look at the people. He used a liar. A conniving and scheming guy. He used a bunch of brothers to save a family in the future of Israel because they sold their little brother in the slavery? Think about that. Think about that. He used a murderer. He told a murderer and an adulterer that you're a man after my own heart. There's nothing that a human being can do that God can't forgive. Nothing. And he, and he proved that by offering up his son. He proved that by taking the sins of the world and laying them on His Son, Jesus Christ. My sins hung Him on that cross. And I wasn't even alive yet. And if I was the only person, He would have still hung on that cross to redeem me to the Father. If you were the only person, He would have still hung on that cross to redeem you to the Father. And once you're redeemed, you're not your own. You have an obligation to Him to do what He's asked you to do. And that's commit yourself to Him. Whole heart, whole soul, whole body. That's it. It's a simple thing. It's hard to do because we feel like we're entitled to things. Tell me something, man. When, you get, when somebody does something wrong to you, you, my first inclination, I want to nuke them. I want to make sure that they never even think about ever doing that to me again. But over time, I've realized that my job is to, is to take it. 
offer up the other cheek, which is very hard to do. And let God fight my battle. Let other people fight that battle for me. I come out smelling a whole lot cleaner. I don't have to get on my knee and ask for forgiveness as much. I still have the thoughts that I have to and the actions that I want to do that I have to ask forgiveness for, but haven't followed through with them and I haven't wrecked my testimony. Each one of us has to do that on a daily basis. Now, I'm going to tell you, I have to do a lot of prayer, especially when I'm driving. Because there are some idiots out there on the road. And that's the only way to put it. And I say things and I blow the horn and I shouldn't. And I have to say, Lord, forgive me. And I come home and I tell Sharon about it. She said, you are a pastor. And they are in it. <laughs> but just, I'm trying to justify myself. And it's wrong. But I'm following. That's not an excuse. I'm following. But I'm forgiven. And so as soon as I do that, I know I've done wrong. I get this right there. Feel bad. Got almost sick on my stomach. Okay, Lord. Forgive me. Take this away from me. I apologize. I won't ever do it again. Please forgive me. And he does. And then if I can never see that person again, next time I see him, I'll try to wave at him. You know, not, not blow the lay on the horn. Hey, hey. You know, remember me? I'm the one that got you the other day. You know. But that's it in a nutshell. It's every day there's something. There's something. But there's also the times we do good. Yesterday, I, I, I was tired. I'd spent all day with these kids at the ball field. And at the end of the game, it was at five something in the evening. The little six-year-olds and five-year-olds got together in the center of the field with their coaches. They all knelt down and they prayed. Done my heart good. Done my heart good. Because the game before them, they were cussing and fighting the older kids. It wasn't the kids that was fighting. It was the mamas and the coaches. And so, the police had to come. Yeah. And they come by us and we said, nope, we wait to play the next game. That's them. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what are you teaching these children? What are you teaching these children? And then they go out there and little ones set the example for everyone. You know. And so, but that's how they learn. That's what we do. Don't worry, Pat. We're going to pray for your granddaughter. Don't worry, Brad. We got it. But as of today, that child is in the hand of God. She don't even know. Because this church is going to pray for her. Thank you. Yeah. And if you need anything, that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. Uh, I don't know much about what goes on inside the walls over there. Patrick. Patrick. Patrick spent 30 years in that on the state side of it. But Patrick might know. He might can ask me some questions or whatever. Um, but this, we're going to pray for him. Yeah. Anybody else got anything we need to pray for? Pastor, I would like to make one statement I made earlier. Guys, always do what you feel you got to keep yourself safe. Okay. Yeah. I said to sit in place, but uh, I agree with what else was said. Uh, always do what you got to do to make yourself safe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll make sure everybody knows that. Y'all keep saying. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. I'd just like a prayer for my family. Mm -hmm. and, uh, okay. My and okay. We'll do that. They're grieving. That's right. Yeah, grief is, a, grief is a tough thing. And God's the only one who can cover. And so when we pray, we're going to pray that God will wrap his arms around that family and they'll feel it. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Any other? I mean, we, we got we got anybody got anything? This sermon is shot. No, it's not. But it's not. we went where we went where the Holy Spirit led us today. This is not what I might not ever preach it again. That's okay. It's just strange. My unspoken was similar to what her needs are. Okay. I was told this morning in Sunday school class. I got a message about my daughter, my granddaughter's old ball player that yeah. she used to play ball with was in trouble somewhere. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not hard enough. 
You know, that's the thing about the stuff that's going on. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what your, your, your financial background is, what your social background is. It, it doesn't matter. Because you've got folks that are multi-millionaires whose children are doing the same thing that, you know, uh, that Mr. and Mrs. Smith is barely getting by a children are doing. Uh, it's everywhere. Uh, it, it, what's out there now is it, from the pit of hell. They got stuff out there, not only is it instantly addictive, it will kill you. You know, you, and so you don't know what you're getting. Uh, it's pouring in here across a wide open thing down south, fast as we can get it in here. So, you know, there's a lot of problems that we need to handle, not only as a church, but collectively as people who have to go to the polls and vote. I'm not going to tell you what party to vote for. I'm not going to tell you what candidate to vote for. What I am going to do is tell you to vote for the candidates that closest line up with the Word of God. That, that's, that's, that's all I'm going to say. Um, I have my particulars, and if I ain't careful, I will be up here campaigning, and I can't do it. But each one of you know uh, pretty much uh, how I'm going to go just by the way I act. Um, but now we're going to move on to something else. Uh, anybody else need prayer? Anybody got issues that need? Anybody dealing with long-term code? If you are, just raise your hand. We can come talk to you about that too. We're here to help each other. We're here to carry each other's burden. We're not here to, uh, as a social club, we're not here to make one person feel better than another person. We're here to love on everybody. And the only way that we can get to know each other to do that and get to trust each other is by spending time together. And we don't get a couple hours a week. Y'all? <laughs> but we don't get a couple hours a week and we have to, we have to try to foresee that. We don't get together as often as we would probably like because we have lives. Everybody's got jobs and got families and you know, grandkids and kids going off doing stuff and they want grandma and grandpa there. And, and so, we're busy. And as your kids get older and they get more independent, they still want you there for the big thing. You know, they might can drive and that's good because that means I ain't got to run to the store. They can do that. And then they'll get to a certain point where, why not I got it? Because I'm out of the gas. <laughs> you know, but anyway, uh, but we need to get together. We need to get together and learn who we are so we can love on each other. You know, there's things that, that make me happy. There's things that make me sad. You know, there's things that I like and things I don't like. And if you, most of them will tell you right off the bat, a couple things I don't like. I ain't eating potato salad. Good thing. Don't care who makes it. They ain't eating. So that's just it. It... it I have a gag reflex to this other woman. Uh, uh, other than that, you know, I'm pretty much fair game. Uh, I don't want mayonnaise on anything other than two. Oh, you can pray all you want to until they change the taste of it, it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> that coming from my that coming from my brother who puts it in his grits. So, you know, I use butter. <laughs> no, I'm, Anyway, uh, there's a lot of things, you know, but, but unless I told you or we spent time together and gone out to eat together, you wouldn't know these things. And those are the things that we need to know. We need to feel comfortable about telling each other what's going on in our heart, what God's put on our heart. I had a lady today tell me something about what God put on her heart, and it blessed me. You know, that's what we do. That's what we do. Don't hold those things back. And if you, if, you know, if God's put one of these members in the church on your heart, call them. Call them. Tell them. They would be blessed to hear from you. Blessed. 
And who knows, you know, maybe one day, out of clear blue, they might show up at your house. Not wanting anything other than this thought. It happened. We showed up at this one, this house went. <laughs> Hauled off a bunch of stuff for her. She said she didn't know we were coming. That's okay, we did it. It's all gone. We burned it up. It's all gone. No remnants of it now. It's just all black. But that's the thing, you know, we just we just do. We just do. And if you figure out who your deacon is, or you don't know who your deacon is, just call one of them. If you have an issue, you can call your deacon. 24 hours a day. Now you might have to call them twice. Now, there's a couple of them that work. And so you might have to wait until they get a break at work or but that's it. They will they will call you back, I promise. And they will they will be attentive to your need. And then they're probably gonna call me and say, What do you think we need to do? And that, that's the way it's supposed to work. And if you don't feel comfortable calling me, call me. Call me. I can guarantee you that me nor the deacon are mind readers. I remember when I first became a deacon. This lady jumped all over me. I'm mad at you. I said, why? She said, you didn't come to see me in the hospital. I said, I didn't know you was in the hospital. She said, well, you're a deacon. You're supposed to know. I said, I'm a deacon. I'm not a minor. You said, no, you got to call me. I'm good, but I ain't that good. <laughs> but that's what, we got, that's what we're here for. We're to be comfortable. And so, today's question, I guess, is it. Is there anybody here who don't know Jesus Christ? And if you don't, would you like to? Would you like to? And if you've been here for a long time and you're not feeling it, is there anybody who needs prayer? You can come down here and I'll pray for you. But first thing we're going to do, otherwise I'll get chewed out by the deacons, we're going to do an offering. <laughs> Then, we'll, then it's after the offering we're going to do the uh, we'll do the the, uh, the hymn of the, or the invitation. <laughs> Benny, what hymn is it? Two fifty eight. Thank you. Two hundred fifty eight. Blessed Redeemer. So I'll stand. my Savior, weary and worn, racing for sinners, death on the cross, that He might save them from endless loss. Blessed Redeemer, precious Redeemer, seems now I see Him on Calvary's tree.
the thing with Brad and Pat's granddaughter or the give her the strength to come through this. They're so hard. Just let her know that everyone here is praying for her, Lord. Let her come see you. Let her just, just trust in everything that you say, Lord. Uh, thank you for our military, our first responders, Lord. Just thank you for everything they do for us. Put our leaders to their knees. do the, the invitation. Uh, of course, that whole sermon was about an invitation. And once again, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, today's the day. Because if you exit this building and something happens to you and you draw your last breath and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're going to spend eternity in hell. Straight out. That's as honest as I can be about it. If you don't want to go to hell, then I suggest today's the day because the kingdom of heaven is near. If you've been here and been a Christian for a while and you're not feeling it, maybe you need somebody to pray for you. Or maybe you just want to sit there and pray for yourself. And ask God to clear up whatever it is. Is there something that, that we've done that we've meant to ask forgiveness for and have it? And all of a sudden that, that feeling of foreboding or that feeling of being alienated from God is there? You can restore that today. And if you're a Christian who's constantly praying and, and, and lifting others up, you can come down and get a, get a prayer of affirmation. It, it doesn't matter. Or you can sit there and get a prayer of affirmation. But the number one thing is, is where are you with your walk with Christ? Where are you? I know where I am. I'm, I'm not where I would like to be, but I'm getting there. I know where I'm not. I'm not where I used to be. And today, I'm not where I was yesterday. And so, we're moving. We're moving forward. Where are you with your walk? As you go out this week, think about that. Who am I impacting for the kingdom? Who? How am I impacting the kingdom? Am I doing it in a positive way or a negative way? Only you and God can answer that. Only you and God. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then I'm going to step down, and if you need me, I'll be there, and we'll have our little hymn of invitation, and we will go about getting ready for Wednesday. Uh, we have a great, a great program in line for Wednesday. If you're missing it on Wednesday night, uh, I suggest you come. We're about to get to the end of the book of Ephesians. Don't know where we're going next, but... It's in-depth. It's a verse-by-verse, in-depth Bible study. And uh, Roger and I have enjoyed it. Uh, and I think we've learned as much as anybody else has uh, things that we just didn't know. The Lord's revealing them to us. Uh, so let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most glorious Lord God, I love you and I thank you for this day. And Lord, I ask you to be with those that are here. Bless us. As we go out this week, Lord, allow us to remember every name and every purpose that we're praying for in the next weeks and months. Lord, allow us to pray and add during our devotions one person who's lost. One person who needs you. And Lord, when that person is saved, give us the ability to put another one on the list. Let our faith grow. Lord, let no one rest until they come to a decision for you, one way or the other. Lord, I ask you to be with the families that are grieving. 
Lord, I ask you to be with the, the services that we have on on Sunday and Wednesday and I forgot Thursday, Lord. Uh, be with these services. Bless them. Be with our youth. Be with our adult Sunday school. Bless our projects. Bless our family members. Bless this congregation. In your holy name I pray. Amen. Four hundred.